Good morning, church family. Welcome. Glad you're here today. And my name's Luke, and I have the incredible privilege to be able to teach you today from the Word of God. Uh, it's an awesome opportunity for Matt and Olivia to have a little bit of uh, rest and renewal. So what we're going to do today is we're going to conclude our series called Prayer More Than a Conversation. And to recap what we've talked about over the last two weeks, if you missed them, make sure that you go on our podcast and re-listen to them. They're great uh, teachings on prayer. And basically the first week we talked about God answering every single prayer. And sometimes it's a no, sometimes it's a not now, but just because uh, those might be answered that way, that tells us that Jesus knows that the conversation is not over, okay? So sometimes that gives us the opportunity in that silence to grow in our dependence on him. And, and um, it's, an, it's a way for us to evaluate what we're really praying about. Last week, we talked about powerful prayers, okay? And sometimes um, when that no happens, sometimes as we continue to pray, that prayer ends up turning into a yes. And you know, what happens during that time is that teaches us again to be dependent on God, knowing that there is so much power in, in, in prayer. So today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about two things in our prayer life that's going to lead us to praying and living out God's will. So I have a question for you. Are there anyone, is there anyone in here that has a personality like me that's super regimented, thrives on organization, just loves a schedule. You know, it's just, that's my comfort zone. Ah. Matter of fact, if you go and you ask our drummer that was up here today, Greg, he loves to tease me, but it's not really teasing because it's the truth. But he says, hey, I got something to do, and uh, it's about two weeks out, so we're going to plan it. We're going to get on the schedule right now, okay? Uh, because he's pretty spontaneous, and Luke and spontaneous, they don't go together. Matter of fact, when I think of spontaneous, I think about, do you know, guys know what that, like, inflatable airman is? You know, you see him at, like, blockbuster video openings, and you know, used car sales like that, and you know, I, I hear spontaneous, and all of a sudden I feel like, oh boy, here I am, I'm being spontaneous, this is what it feels like, and I, I feel like I'm out of control. You know, that trickles down, that uh, the way that I'm so regimented, that trickles down to everything in my life, even into my prayer life, and so oftentimes, you know, I feel like I'm praying right through a list. And that's great because God tells us to make our requests known to him, to pray for our requests, be specific, pray for others. But sometimes that turns into praying more of the problem. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about um, praying, not just praying the problem, but praying the promises of God. And just like Matt spoke of in, in week one, if we go back and we're keeping a prayer journal, we have the opportunity to go back and look through the things we've been praying about. And that can tell us that's a great evaluation of our prayer. It can tell us if we're just praying the problem or if we're praying the promises that our Lord God has for us. So when we pray, what we need to do is we need to declare God's truth over our promises. Because what happens when we do that is that eliminates every bit of bondage that we have 
related to those problems. It's accepting and it's acknowledging God's sovereignty over every single situation. So the first thing that we need to remember today in our prayer life, when we pray God's promises, it reminds us what is true of God. I'm going to be reading some scripture to you today, and uh, you can find it up here on the, on the screen or you can follow along with me in your Bible. But I'm going to go through quite a bit of scripture because God has a lot to say about praying his promises. And we're going to start in uh, Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, and it says, He replied, because you... Have so little faith, truly I tell you. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, because nothing will be impossible for you. So if you go back a couple, uh, about a month or so ago, Matt was talking about faith. And he had a little bowl up here, and it had about 100 mustard seeds in it. As a matter of fact, if you go back to our tech booth, there's a little bottle that has mustard seeds, and there's about 500 in there. And when we have faith, when we pray God's promises, and we have faith, just that little bit of faith, our confidence is increased because we know that there's power through our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we think about that, I want you to think about the tools that God has equipped us with. Okay? Think about faith, and we're thinking about the power in prayer. Have you guys ever heard of the, the sword of the Spirit? Have you ever heard that term? Okay. The sword of the Spirit, it's a piece of the armor of God that we've been given. So let's see where God talks about that in the Bible. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, it says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Okay, what's the sword of the Spirit? Pop quiz. It's the Word of God, right? It's our Bible. It's right here. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. So God has given us a Bible as a tool to use to fight our battles. And I don't think it was a mistake that God labeled this as a sword, okay? And it, it, as, a, as a weapon of action, as, as part of our defense. So this should align perfectly with our prayer life. He's given us a tool to take action. And that should align with our prayer life. So when we're praying the promises of the Bible, we're going to acknowledge his worth in every single season, and it's setting the standard for our lives to praise him in every season. So let's continue in verse 18 of Ephesians chapter 6. So we started, it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. What does he tell us to do with that? He says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So God is telling us, he's equipping us with tools. He says, here's your tools, this is what you go and do with it. You go and you pray. So what does that look like? What does it look like to pray the promises of God? So for me, I struggle with being insecure. So I need to cast out the lies that the devil tells me about myself. So I need to go to the word and I need to pray that scripture over that. Okay, so when the devil tells me that, Luke, no one understands how you're feeling physically today, you're totally alone. What I need to do 
is I need to go to Psalm 139, verses 1 to 10, and I need to pray this. So let's read it together, okay? I'll read it to you. Listen to the words. It says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make, make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. So when I pray that, I'm casting out the lies. I'm declaring God's promise that he knows me and that he's always with me and that I'm never, ever alone. So when I pray God's promises, when we pray them, we're reminded of God's faithfulness. So why? Why are we reminded of God's faithfulness? What does, what does the sword of the Spirit say? It says in Hebrews 4, 12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. So if we're praying the promises of God, he tells us right now that our prayer life, it's alive and it's active because we know that we are trusting in God and his promises. And this is what our prayer should be. Our prayer should be alive and active. So along those lines, when we're praying, if we're really believing that, that God and the Spirit, the sword of the Spirit is alive and active, then we need to get specific when we pray. It's real easy to just cast a wide net over our prayer life, and it's super comfortable. It's, it's so easy for me to just say, Lord Jesus, I pray for Bridgewater today, amen. That's great, I should be doing that, but he wants us to get specific. He wants us to pray specific Needs, specific requests. That's why we ask for prayer requests. But you know what? When we do that, when we get specific, it gets pretty scary. Because what happens is we're making ourselves vulnerable to trust God completely with everything. We're asking him to answer that request. And it might be yes, and it might be no, and it might be not now. And we have to trust God fully that whatever he answers is his will. So that brings us to our second point today. We, we remember that when we pray God's promises, we find out and we know what is true about God. And when we pray God's promises, it reminds us what is true about ourselves. So if you think about that, we know that a, a, a good quality of every relationship is self-awareness. Okay, When you really know yourself and how things happen and the way you act, how they um, how they, what happens to other people, how they in, interact with other people, and how they impact other people. 
So anybody that has kids in here know that self-awareness is, is pretty intentional and it's definitely a learned habit. So if you come over to my house tonight about 6.30, quarter to 7, and uh, we just get done, finish eating, and you're going to see that my kids don't really have a whole lot of self-awareness. Just take a look at the table and the floor and the dogs eating the food off the floor. And I mean, like, they're 13, 11, and 9. You know, you'd think by now they would clean up after some. But no, no. It's, it's a continual reminder to clean up the mess they made. You know, just walk around the house. You can see where they've been. But we all have to learn that as kids, to, to be self-aware of our actions, clean up after ourselves. It was a daily reminder so when we come to our prayer life, when we pray God's promises, it's going to remind us what's true about ourselves. And that So when we come to God, we can come to him with an attitude of humility. And part of that is daily seeking forgiveness and reconciliation of our relationship with God. Psalm 19, verses 7 through 14 say, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. Now get this part, verse 11 through 14. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord my rock, my redeemer. Verse 14, he's saying amen right there. This is telling us that we need forgiveness continually. Say that again. We need forgiveness continually. So let's go back to week one of this series and revisit 2 Peter 3.9. It says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So he calls us to repent daily. And he gives us time to do so. He extends his grace to us minute by minute, second by second. So as we consider that, let me, let me uh, give you three steps for daily uh, confession in prayer. Number one, we just read it, renounce the sin, okay? Admit the sin and then ask for forgiveness. Once you do that, then you need to take action. And the action is refuse to live in that sin anymore, okay? And this is part of our prayer life that we come to God every day and maybe there's not something that's really like standing out to you those are the times that you need to ask God, Lord, please reveal to me anything 
that is standing between you and my relationship. And I, I confess that. I ask you to expose it to me. I want to reconcile that. And I refuse to live in that sin anymore. So third, once you do those first two things, renounce the sin, take action, refuse to live in the sin anymore, you replace the sin with God's promises. So it can look like this. This is me praying. Lord, I'm very angry with Bridget. I confess that I lost my temper and I spoke things in anger to her and it didn't glorify you. So I refuse to let my anger overtake me. I rely on the power of your Holy Spirit to give me the power to overcome my weakness because you tell me in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you, Luke, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. And I say, therefore, I will boast more gladly about my weakness because the Christ's power can rest, will rest in me. So prayer reminds us what's true about ourselves. It tells us that we're weak, we are needy, and confessing our inability produces a hunger, a hunger for the power to overcome our sin that's only found in Jesus. And it tells us that we need God every single moment. I think it's appropriate to close up this series of prayer talking about answered prayer. So if you guys don't mind, I'm going to tell you about two specific answers to prayer in my life. Do you mind? Is that okay? Nobody cares. <laughs> You're going to hear it anyway. Because, you know, I've learned, I've really taken the past two years, there's a book that really impacted my prayer life, and it was called New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp. I'd highly suggest that. But it was about my prayer life, and it talked about these things. It talked about praying God's promises over our problems. And it really helped me to shape my prayer life, and uh, my relationship with God has grown immensely. And, and what I've learned from that is our answers to prayer, no matter what they are, no, yes, not now, we need to share them with other people. Because they're encouraging, because you know what, you're not alone. There's people that are going through the same thing. And you tell them what you're praying about, that, that increases, that gets some accountability to be, between other believers. And it's an encouragement to them. So let me tell you about two answers of prayer. One was over 10 years ago. And I was driving home from work and... I was aggravated because I had to go on a detour. And I'm like, it's a Friday night, St. Patrick's Day. I was going to my mother-in-law's. And I was real tired. I'm like, why do I have to go on a detour? My goodness, what's going on? Got there, I sat down, I started eating. And her phone rang, and it was my dad. At that time, we didn't have cell phones, really. So it was just really weird. Why did my dad be calling? So he said, Luke... It's been an accident, and uh, your niece was going to Awana, South and Alfred Baptist Church, and she was with her grandmother, great-grandmother, brother, and a drunk driver hit the car. And she was thrown out, and the car was on top of her, but we got her out. We don't know how bad she's hurt, um, but they're going to life flight her. 
but we don't know where the hospital they're going to take her to. So I need you to go and to the fire hall, try and catch the helicopter, find out where they're taking her. And then I need you to go to the house and wait for your brother. So my brother Sam was working, uh, speaking at a conference in Elmira. So we didn't know what was going on. We just knew that she had hurt her leg and everyone else in the car was okay. So I got to the, the fire hall. I caught the, the EMS as the helicopter's taken off and he said, you know, told me where they're taking her. And I thought, you know, they're, they're life flighting her, so can't be good. So I begged God, I pleaded. I said, please, please protect her. Please heal her. Don't let, you know, please let her be okay. But he answered no. And he took her home. And that hurt. But through that tragedy, our our prayer life changed. And we started praying promises like Romans 8.28, which talks about the goodness of God. In Deuteronomy 28.29, it talks about the secret things that God holds. And we asked him, Lord, don't let this death go in vain because sin affects us. We prayed, Lord, may you be glorified through this situation. Let me tell you how he's answered. My brother Sam, he gets the opportunity on a regular basis to go to victims' impact panels. And he lives in New York State. And in New York State, if you were convicted, even in PA in some counties, of drunk driving, you have to go, part of your sentence is to sit and listen to the stories of people, families who've been impacted by other people's mistakes. He's even been able to go and speak at high schools before proms and talking about choices and making good choices when it comes to drinking and driving. And he's shared God's word with thousands of people. There's people that are going to be in heaven today because of a tragedy. So God answered no, but then he answered yes. And he's glorified. Let me tell you about the second answer to prayer. It was about two weeks ago, and we had launch camp up at the Montrose camps for middle schoolers. So my son, Mason... He has a gift. We call it, the gift is called uh, autism spectrum disorder. So Mason, really friendly guy, but he struggles in a group setting. It's not like a normal struggle, you know, it like consumes him. So his anxiety is fear. But last year, we prayed about it. He went to launch camp. He had a great time. He was stepping through that fear. It's an answer to prayer. This year, I prayed the same thing, and I, I asked God, I know you're good, and I ask you to help Mason overcome his fear to find friends. So I was following Launch Camp on Instagram, and I see their stories. I'm following them. I'm like, oh, where's Mason? Where's Mason? I see the group of them praying, and there's Mason by himself, isolated, which that's... That's what he does. That's normal for him. 
So I kept praying. I was, you know, I was kind of like a kick in the stomach. I was feeling like, okay, this might be another no that we need to grow through. But then the next day came, and they were playing a game, and they were documenting it on social media. And we get to the end of the game, and there's two people left to win the game, and one is Mason, and he's on the stage. And he wins the game. And when he wins the game, the whole church, everybody, erupts and explodes. And the look on his face was the answer to prayer. And I said, thank you, God. Thank you for answering that. Thank you for saying yes. How encouraging that was for me to see that. And let me tell you what happened is... He was going to come home. We were going to go get him a day, a couple hours early because we were all going to come to VBS and he was going to serve. And it's good for him to have a little bit of time to breathe. So we were just going to get him out, let him relax a little bit. But he got really mad when we said, we're going to come and get you early because he's like, no way I'm leaving here. I made friends. I'm having a great time. Thank you, Lord, for answering those prayers. So I'm going to encourage you to share those answers of prayer with people around you, no matter what they are, yes or no. And remember that we need God every moment. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord Jesus, for hearing us. Lord, thank you for giving us your word, the sword of the Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for revealing to us what's true about you, what's true about ourselves. And Lord, may we come before you every single day knowing that you are good, Lord. Reveal the scripture to us that we need to pray, Lord. Impress it on us. Help us to find it. And I ask you to help us to pray that, Lord. And we thank you. Thank you for your answers to prayer. May our prayer life be powerful. May it grow. May we take it seriously, Lord. And be thankful for that. In your name, amen.